0: in deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Puck's in deep. Bless you, boys! Young men expressing themselves unbelievable. Puck's in deep. Put it in deep. His passes are on the tape. That was a pure kind of. I don't know if you can call it coach's porn, but when you're watching hockey video, you, you know, that's pretty darn good probably should use that line somewhere so else but it's still
1: no no i'm just saying the coaches love that those kind of games
2: you
0: know getting pucks deep bring the puck deep put pucks in deep he's chipping pucks he's getting pucks deep just put the puck deep getting pucks out getting pucks deep get pucks deep pucks in deep pucks deep keep getting pucks deep
2: all right pucks deep episode 56 pucks in deep right let's go that's what we're called that's where they go pucks in deep that that pucks in deep fucking montage sometimes throws me for a loop there. The guys are just yelling. You know, every time I'm watching it on TV now, let's go, every time I hear them say pucks in deep, even Kirsty now, we're watching the game on the couch, and the guy will say, you know, and he shoots the puck in deep, and she'll be like, Oh, puck oh, in deep. Oh, he said it. <laughs> oh, he said it. So I guess the brand is growing, even if uh, just inside my own household. Brand's growing. We're having a great time. Welcome back, episode 57, Josh Coleman. Adam Lesko, and uh, big one to get to tonight. Lesko, a lot of shit to get off our hands. We're gonna, we're gonna clean the ice, so to
1: speak. Yeah, the much like,
2: like a Zamboni would,
1: right? Like the uh, the ice cleaning machine. Did you see that tweet? It was like BBC News or something picked up the story from Saturday night, and they said the the operator of the ice cleaning machine.
2: <laughs> oh that
1: Play, played in one an nhl game
2: and that makes total sense it's like, yeah it's
1: just like the, the the grass cutting machine operator at the football <laughs> field right
2: right but i think they still call them lawnmowers over there but they wouldn't have any idea what a fucking zamboni is i guess not they'd probably have the lesser brand like olympia or yeah, maybe olympia is the better that's brand. The brand
1: isn't it Oh, no. Zamboni is the brand. Zamboni is the brand.
2: Olympia is another brand. Right. And I'm not sure if it's more expensive or less expensive. I may have just thrown some shade at Pembroke City Council for having Olympia's instead of Zamboni's.
1: Oh, well, they're probably living under basically a canopy of shade on a regular basis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well struck, my friend. Well struck. So, um, okay, where do you want to lead? Where do you want to go, man? Like where do you want to lead off here? We got a little bit of news uh, as far as our swag is concerned. Do you want to lead off? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So we did talk about uh, the merch lines getting launched. We got shirts in the works right now. We got mugs coming. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot. And we have hats incoming as well. Um, to in order to simplify the ordering process, we are getting a web page set up as we speak. Uh, so we'll be able to direct you guys there once it has been set up, and you'll be able to place orders, pay all that stuff right there. So we've kind of minimized the uh, the uh, behind the scenes work as far as we're concerned. We've uh, eliminated
2: so- all work.
1: Most of it, anyway. Yeah.
2: Courtesy of Sean Galant down yeah. at Galant Media, and yeah. let me tell you, this is no ad read, folks. Galant Media is a great—I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but it, it honestly—I um, don't know. You and I spoke about it at length too, dude. It was like this guy is just really, really going above and beyond to to give us a hand, man. And I don't know if it's—I don't know if it has anything to do with him believing in the brand or or thinking that it could take off. He's very hands on. And I, I absolutely urge anybody who wants to do any sort of advertising, marketing, or get some shirts made up or some stickers. Or I mean, this guy can do it all. It's
1: the guy. Give him a good shout. guy, local guy, good Sean guy, Glant. Local guy. You're right, Glant Media. Checking him out. Uh, we did also set up a email address for ourselves. You can reach us at real puck pod at gmail.com. Uh, just a, a non-social media way for the listeners to get in touch with us. Um, send us your feedback. Send us your complaints. Tell us something funny, anything. You know, if, if we get something good, we might read it on the show. What do you want us to
2: talk about?
1: Exactly. So I know not everybody's on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, but you want to send something to us in a non-public setting, uh, that would be the way to get in touch with us. So that's Real Puck pod. At, real at gmail.com real puck, puck. real ones
2: now it only took me about seventeen thousand tries to make an email address.
1: Why like to find one that you didn't have to put underscores and everything in? was taken right man. right that, that's pretty good though you, you landed on a good one.
2: I thought so. I remember like once i it was funny because I mean seventeen thousand is clearly a like a well over exaggeration of of my time. it probably took me seven minutes which i still feel like is is a long a long period of time to just you know type something in and be like nope already taken uh okay uh you know pucks pucks in deeper and it's like no you know <laughs> that's also taken it's like okay what about what about puckpod what about you know it, it yeah, just yeah. took me forever and finally uh real puckpod was was available and i thought it was a nice little joke to you know with our podcast war that we have with our two other Little brothers. Ah,
1: of course. Real Puck Pod.
2: Yeah, real Puck Pod. We're the real ones, right? Of course we
1: are. Uh, So trade deadline yesterday. Obviously, we're going to get into some of that. Um, We're going to take the Leafs angle early on in the show. And then Tyler Mataraz from Sirius XM NHL Radio will be joining us later in the show to really break down everything from uh, yesterday and give us his opinions, his winners and losers and everything like that.
2: Only took us five minutes to say that we have Ty coming on.
1: We, yeah, I mean, why did talk, it take us so long?
2: Talk about being a legit podcast where we have uh, a member of NHL series, uh, NHL Network Radio. Yeah, so
1: he's got sent down to the minors, so he's on our show tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> great.
1: And uh, yeah, so that's going to be great. And yeah, so yesterday was a busy day for the trade deadline. Very entertaining, actually. It was a record number of trades. 32 trades were breaking on the actual day, and that broke the 2010 record. Of 31 trades so unlike last year where I recall us saying it was kind of boring I think there was about 15 16 trades last year something like half maybe 20 I don't know I'm just making up numbers now
2: yeah, yeah. bingo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're right it, it did have a much more um, exciting feel to it and you know I, I thought that that was kind of impressive Lesko because let's be honest it wasn't the trade deadline of years of years gone where you know, a lot of superstar players or or veteran players right at the end of their superstar careers were were moving around. You know, a lot of Bill Guerin moving around and stuff like that. That didn't happen. It was mostly hockey deals and uh I do like to see that. I like to see that as a hockey fan. It's not so much just, you know, here's a rental for a quick kick at the can. Uh, I mean, I know that that happens a lot as well, but I feel like we're moving a little bit more away from the rental and more towards the hockey trades where you're looking at guys with term and, you know, cap retention and stuff like that. So it's a pretty interesting day uh, all in all.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it was pretty exciting. You know, I just kind of kept it in my ear throughout the day while I was at work just so I could... uh, kind of keep pace with what was going on. I, I, you know, I wasn't expecting a whole lot of action from the Maple Leafs, and that's pretty much what we got. Uh, they made obviously the trades in the lead up, acquiring Dennis Malgin and Jack Campbell, Kyle Clifford, and then on the day of um, the only trade they made, really at the towards the end of the day, was that um, of any significance. I guess was they made the Cali Rosen deal, so they brought back Cali Rosen, who went over to the Avalanche in the Nazem Kadri trade. Um, not bad. We got something from Michael Hutchison, which is, is surprising, surprising and miraculous. I feel like,
2: and we already know the player.
1: Yeah, we do absolutely, and it, it you know, it bolsters the uh, Marley's blue line. And based on Kyle Dubas's comments on Callie Rosen, he believes that uh, this guy might have some NHL upside. Looking at the depth chart, don't really see where that's going to happen, but it's nice to add a little bit of depth back there. Uh, I did want to really. Uh, Throw in my tweet of the week here early on. This story came out on Twitter yesterday uh, from uh, apparently a former MLSE staffer. Now, there was a lot of rumblings going on on the trade scene yesterday that Lou Amarillo was going to pull this huge salary cap deal with the Minnesota Wild where they were going to acquire Parise in exchange for Andrew Ladd, which never ended up coming to fruition. Okay. Now, this guy uh tweeted it and uh, it's got it's a few tweets deep here so I'm going to read it uh pretty much verbatim here just to kind of get the element of the story but to set the context this guy worked for MLSE at the time that Lou lamorello became the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs
2: This is okay. going to be like a this is going to be like a Paul bissonette ad read isn't it
1: All right well I think I can read a little better than, than Biz <laughs> can so okay <laughs> He says, I have a really funny story about Lou, actually, I never think of. I just thought of it, so I'll share. I used to work at MLSE, and I was talking with one of the head office guys from TFC at the beginning of the season about how Lou is a genius. He told me he believed that Lou really solidified his legacy in New Jersey, and the guy is from Jersey, and if he could do as half as good a job as he did there, Toronto would be well off. So Lou comes into the office, his first day as the Maple Leafs GM. Everything is normal for him. He starts talking on the phone, emailing the whole nine yards, and then he calls down to his assistant and he says, can I have a completely secured phone and fax, phone slash fax line installed in my office? I need it done tomorrow. The assistant has no idea what he's talking about. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: Like as far as a fax machine?
1: No, but a secured fax line. Oh, okay. Just
2: making sure that it can't be, what, like tapped or something like that? I guess,
1: yeah, because Lou is hes real secretive. People were saying yesterday that if if this deal gets leaked, Lou's just going to pull the plug on it sort of thing. And it was out there in the media, right? Right. So I guess that's what triggered this guy to tell the story. So continuing. So they never ask him what he means. And he said or sorry said uh, so they ask him what he means and he says in New Jersey he always had a secured phone slash fax line so that no one could tap his line and get all the trade info or contract info okay they say okay and look around at companies to see if they can find something nothing they can't find anything. So after a day of calling around, they don't find anything about a secured fax slash phone line that isn't tappable. So they call New Jersey, and they say, hey, where did you guys get this secured fax slash phone line for Lou that he's been bragging about for the past day and a half? And they patch him through to his old assistant. So the old assistant says, oh, we just switched his phone line from blue cord to a red cord, told him it was encrypted, encrypted, and he was okay with it. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. I was really liking where that was. I I felt like it was heading that way because it's very, you know, no offense to our elderly uh listeners, but it's very old person-ish, right? Where, oh, my God, please tell me that they just told him that it was untappable. The fact that they switched... The, the cord, like, look, it's red now. Really good. That's really, really, yeah. really good. And I'm also really happy that I didn't know what you were talking about. I read in the prep that you wanted to talk about your Lou Lamorello tweet of the week, and I was like, "All right, I, I'm not going to look it up because I kind of want to get hit with it live on the podcast. It'll be good podcasting." And that just sent me for a loop, man. That is fucking great.
1: Yeah, it's great. So I guess <laughs> the the guys in Toronto. um basically put a red phone cord into the machine leading him to believe that now his line was encrypted and secure so shout out to uh at bass or bass anonymous at on twitter for sharing that one that's a beauty of a story how did stitches at work yesterday that is good <laughs>
2: it just seems like the kind of thing that i could probably i could probably pull over on my old man
1: oh totally
2: you know just be like my dad be like yo you know did you did you do whatever for the computer something for anything for the computer and i'd be like yeah absolutely look at there it is right there you know
1: (laughs) he'd be like okay like just take my word for it switch it to a red red wire (laughs) internet's way faster now (laughs)
2: No, I'm not taking up bandwidth downloading my pornography. You're all good.
1: <laughs> You're coach porn. Yeah, yeah, coach <laughs> porn. That was good, Hey, eh? Did you like that off nah, the top? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good Maurice line Man, right there. Maurice
2: is just so good for the audio. And the funny thing is, dude, is I recorded that audio clip. As soon as I heard it, I was like, well, I'm obviously going to use that for the intro because Maurice makes an appearance more often than not. And that was a really good one. So I'm going to clip that. And I think it was either that night or the next night was Saturday. Uh, and of course, we'll get into that later. And I, I just... I, I didn't have it in me to find a different quote where something about a fucking Zamboni driver because, you know, fuck, here we go. We might be getting into it right now. But we didn't latch on. I'm happy that the Pucks Indeed podcast did not ride the tidal wave of the Zamboni hashtag Zamboni driver.
1: Well, I, I honestly... We could like, have
2: and probably gained a few followers. But I don't we know. Didn't. Like,
1: I, 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 I turned the game off about 10 minutes left and I knew almost... At some point in the second period, they were losing that hockey game. I was like, there's no fucking way. I was like, they're not playing good enough for one. And just throwing this guy in, it's not going to happen. You know, if they fire everything on net, maybe... But, well, yeah But they did not instill enough confidence in me to believe that they were they had a good chance. I can hear now, you, but
2: I was sorry to interrupt, but I, I was just a little bit on the other side thinking, man, maybe these guys are gonna get kicked into another gear, get a little kick in the ass, because guess what, boys? Points are available. But instead,
1: Carolina kicked it into another gear. Yeah, they did. And and that's where they really did. You know, obviously the headline is Zamboni driver beats and let's be honest here. The guy's not just a Zamboni driver. I think he's driving it a few times. He's like a He's a staffer, MLSE staffer. So that's the, that's probably the funniest part for me is that a Leafs employee, you know, as O-Dog tweeted out uh, after that game, he's like, he didn't even really want to win the game. I know, he's a Leaf know? fan. Right? His so, wife's
2: Twitter was blowing up. That was oh, really yeah, good, dude. Yeah.
1: Fuck me yeah. in capital letters. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, man. that was really funny. But yeah, so everybody latches on to the headline of Zamboni driver, or uh, Leafs get beat by their own Zamboni driver, and like, you know everybody's piggybacking on that and i get that it's 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 the story it's the story and it's, the, it's Leafs. the headline and it's the leaf so yeah. it's like here's this endless slew of jokes that we're going to have to hear for forever it
2: might take over 1967
1: you know? it, oh yeah for for now at least it definitely is yeah. the new 1967 <laughs> You're right? right so everybody's all hammering away <sighs> at that and blah 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 and like it didn't matter who played goalie in that game it was it was embarrassing regardless we I got mean, outplayed. It they, was, they were getting embarrassed in that second period and it didn't matter who played goalie. They weren't winning that hockey game. Well,
2: that's what Sheldon said too, right? That's what he said that he told the boys.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't
2: matter who's in. Doesn't matter if they even have a fucking goalie because it was true.
1: And it like What did they get 8 shots on the guy?
2: I think it was No, it was more than that. It might have been 10. Yeah. 8 saves. Yeah. Yeah, eight, so
1: 10 shots. Yeah,
2: 8 saves on 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 10 shots. The the real thing, dude, is like Okay, I totally understand, like you just said, it's the joke, blah, blah, blah. I'm a little bit disappointed, you know. Dangle's got to get the tweets and the likes and stuff, so he had to ride that wave. Well, too. and his,
1: his his persona is, is freaking it's the fitting. fuck out about it's, everything, it's right? It's fitting. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's yeah. A, and I believe he posted the other day that it's it's his most viewed video is the one he posted. Yeah, it would have And a lot of people turn to him for reactions on when something crazy happens. And in this Leaves was Nation. crazy, yeah. And this is this is unheard of, yeah, right? That's right. But uh, that aside, I did tune in at the end of the game because I wanted to see. I wanted to see the Sally. I wanted to see Ayers get his uh, his yeah. moment in the sun. Came out. He got, the, what, first star of the game. Uh, did the post game. Got his hockey net in Canada towel. Yeah, like, it was pretty cool. That's fucking legendary. And I watched it the whole way through. Yeah, and then I, you know, it was funny. When he, he started playing, I was like, come on, just fire the pocket, Just rip pucks at this guy. Like, still kind of thinking, like, maybe we can win this hockey game. We could have. And my wife's like, whoa, whoa, come on. Like, take it easy. Like, he's probably scared. And... And like I think when Tavares scored on him, I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" She's five like, hole. She's like, "It's okay, buddy. It's okay." <laughs>
2: <laughs> what Kirsty said to me on the couch was, "She goes, oh, five hole, just like you, babe."
1: <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks, I <laughs> now, fucking I'm love you." I'm thinking of you when this goes down because I'm like, Coley's got to get in this fucking emergency goaltender business because man, you could be fucking world famous right now. <laughs> it's true. I mean, this guy was been on CNN, ABC, Fox, uh, the Colbert, the Colbert, the Colbert, show. Colbert show. There uh, took over the monologue. Man, he's been on on everything.
2: Yeah, it's huge. It's, now, it's huge. That it, it is a great story. And my biggest fear when I was talking to everyone that wanted to hear my opinion, and of course, now that everyone knows we have the podcast and whatnot, they always come to me for the opinions, you know? And I I've, I've said this to you before. I sometimes I find it a little bit difficult to to have the conversation before we do the podcast cuz right. I've already said it three or four times. But I was afraid that when I took the stance that I have, which is that the Carolina hurricanes Beat us, okay? With a Zamboni driver. That's not the headline, but that's what happened. And I was fearful that me taking that stance would result in backlash from all the haters and whatnot that are going to just simply label me as, you know, uh, not like in denial. But you know what I'm getting at, right? To be like, right? Oh, fuck you! Uh, you lost to the Zamboni driver. No, we didn't. Like, no, we didn't. As a matter of fact, let's go. As a matter of fact, the Zamboni driver nearly fucked it up. Yeah. For Carolina, okay? If we're looking at this like a total hockey perspective, let's say it was fucking St. Louis against Chicago. Great rivalry, whatever, it's on NBC, right? Sure, we would talk about it a lot, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have this much traction. Right. It wouldn't, but. It's the Leafs. It's huge. There's millions upon millions of people who have to give their takes when the Leafs lose one nothing in overtime, exactly. let alone when a Zamboni driver comes in and wins. So it's the most delicious and, and viable low-hanging fruit that has ever existed. But it's not what happened. And Ayers deserves credit for the W, which he did get and he did earn because he made a couple of pretty decent saves. Oh, yeah. But he also looked like Josh Coleman on Tuesday it Night looked, Hockey. He looked like a 42-year-old guy who practices with
1: the Leafs occasionally. And, and I get it. Like I said, you know, we pointed to Dangle and, and everybody who wants to make their jokes and pile on because we live in a world where the economy is based on getting retweets and likes and exposure and shit like that. So I get why... I get why people are doing that and I get why this is going to continue for quite a while, especially if say if they lose, say they missed the playoffs by one point. I don't know why I just said that out loud, but, uh, (laughs) but I mean, if we look at the game, like you said, from a pure hockey analysis standpoint, they, they got beat by the Canes pure and simple. I mean, that was like a, that was like a fucking game seven lockdown performance they put on in the third period. I mean, they had all five guys back blocking shots. Like, it was incredible. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. And in on the moment. other side of the ice, the Leafs are doing the opposite. Now, the Leafs definitely deserve, you know, the the shitting on, I guess, is the easiest way to put it that they've received from fans and media and everybody post game. But let's be honest here. This is one game. They had three like it in the span of a week. Three games where they looked pretty much the same, yeah. lackluster, uninterested, and fucking just, uh, you know, not
2: trying. Yeah, not trying. No, no effort.
1: No effort. And and I'm gonna go right over to Mitch Marner because I wanted to make this point in here somewhere, but dog shit, Mitch Marner, I, I don't know if he's hungover or what. He, what's going on, man? But that's. I don't know what the hell he was doing out there.
2: He's got heavy pockets, bro. And
1: another guy... Now, I'll give Barry credit. He did come back when I thought he was fucking done after he went into the bar. It's hard, and I was favoring his shoulder. But Mitch Marner post-game, basically saying, like, yeah, it was dog shit effort by me. Really? Thanks. You're goddamn right it was a dog shit effort. Thanks. Like, thanks, tips. Like, I appreciate (laughs) you coming out. But, like, dude... And I don't know what you're supposed to say in that situation, and I can't really tell him what to say. But if I was fucking Sheldon Keith, I would have went peeled that goddamn A right off his jersey and stuck it on Muzzin or Hyman because that's bullshit from Mitch Marner. This is the guy who squeezed the team till the eve of the season for every goddamn penny that they could give him, and you're not going to show up in a game with playoff implications.
2: Fucking preach it, man.
1: Like, and I don't. And all the goalie thing aside. This is a winnable hockey game for them. Doesn't matter who's in net. And they fucking played like trash. I thought they had a good first period and then just tapered off. And it goes back to the same thing and the same identifiable issue that I've had with this team all season. And it's that they go down, they give up a bad goal, and this team folds like a wet fucking blanket.
2: Yeah, any sign of adversity is usually met with not very much of a pushback. Uh- no
1: emotion. They're all pouting on the bench. Sheldon's giving it to him and not one of those players is even looking at him. What's wrong with these guys? Like, how disconnected are you? It's like they're already at the club on Saturday night on the bench in the second period when they go down by a goal or two.
2: Wondering where they're going. And, and what bothers
1: me the most about this, you remember 2016, like, when these guys first came in? How many comebacks, how many games they were always still in and how we always talked about how we liked this team because, we're like, they're always in it. Yeah, That's they, gone now.
2: They give up the leads and stuff, but they were... But they but would but come back. Yeah, they were always in now it. Now it's
1: the fucking opposite. So how does that happen? I, I don't know, man. I mean...
2: I think, you, you, I think it'd be better off if you kind of dissected it player by player. And that's difficult to do when you're not spending any time in the room or you're not around the team. Right. Like we would want to get like a fucking Myrtle or CJ or someone like but that. But even
1: those guys don't know what's going on. No, you're Cause right. Because I read Myrtle's article yesterday and he's like, I've been covering the team for, for 12 years or whatever. And he's like, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever s- seen on Saturday. And he even, you know, I got through the article and it's like... You know, it's basically the same thing that you and I would say. We don't know what's going on in the room. All we know is this team's severely underachieving given the talent level.
2: Yeah, and I think I still feel like it's okay to have the high expectations. I I really do. And I don't want to hang my hat or die on the hill of the bad start under Mike Babcock, but it it just it's just so important for me in this season and I I feel like I want to listen back to some of the episodes where I was completely fed up with Babcock, maybe when we just started getting the season underway, Lesko, late September, early October when we were recording. I'd like to listen to those and see what I had to say about Babcock and where I thought we were going to be because I just didn't have any confidence as the season started. And then my confidence was rebuilt when we brought Sheldon in. But I remember saying at that exact time that it was going to be a really pressure packed situation. I know there was lots of hockey left. There was 60 games left. Lesko. So there's lots and lots of hockey left to turn it around. But the problem is, is there's 30 other fucking teams that are trying to get two points every night too, man. So just because the team is going to turn it around and be better, it doesn't mean that they're automatically a lock to make a show here. And we started off fantastically well. And now over the last, what dozen, maybe 10 games to a dozen games, it's been really pedestrian. Yeah. Actually,
1: I've got the numbers here, so I'll break it down. Uh, so 15-4-1 run in the first 20 games under Sheldon Keefe. Over the past seven weeks, they have two regulation wins in their past 12 games and five regulation wins in their past 20. Yet, over the span since Keefe has taken over, they have the eighth best points percentage in the NHL and um, a league-high 3.7 goals per game. So, this is what, what has made this, this debate so interesting online, is that you have the stats and analytics people contorting themselves into fucking pretzels trying to tell you about how the team's actually good right and then you've got everybody else telling how they're gonna fire everybody and bring back lou and babs you know there's no there's no you know it's like me with my rational takes just getting tossed in the fucking dumpster here oh because everybody either wants to blow it up or they're gonna tell you it's good and it doesn't matter if they're winning hockey games or not or or what it looks like on the ice okay and and i've said We've said this before on the show, like, yeah, I understand the numbers are good and blah, 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 but it's the way in which they lose these hockey games that's most concerning to me.
2: I don't really get the anti uh you know, trend right now.
1: Well, think about it, man. There's people who question the hiring to begin with, but they're pretty quiet and like, oh, he lands JT right away. Can't question it. Where's but, Hunter? But guess what? Uh, I believe it was our fucking shiny peanuts there, Damian Cox, put out the uh, article the other day in The Star. Uh, basically, questioning, you know, they should have basically saying they should have stayed with Lou, they should have kept B- uh, Babs, blah, 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 blah. Those fucking guys. You know, whether it's Steve Simmons or Damien Cox or fucking Baghead Crew on Twitter, those are the people who have been, who wrote Kyle Dubas's, they wrote this article when he got hired. Yes. They've been just waiting for the time to publish it. Yes. They just put in relevant stuff that's recent, but they've been writing this article in their heads the whole time.
2: They are the people that want to see the world burn.
1: Right. These are the people, and I understand this this nature amongst Leaf fans. Like, I know Leaf fans who are like this, who are like, I'm fucking down with this team on an annual basis, right? And it, it wouldn't matter what they did. Yesterday, if they traded Tyson Berry for two first-rounders, they would have been like, fucking idiots never should have traded for him in the first place. Oh, way or, to go. Or they don't trade him. They're like, what a waste. What, <laughs> what a waste. Oh, way to sure. go, bud. You know what I mean? Like, these people... <laughs> And they would complain to, until the moment that John Tavares lifted the cup over his head until the game winning goal got scored in game 7 of the cup finals they would complain right up until that oh, point oh
2: bro they would continue complaining oh fucking it's about time
1: yeah or it's or, about
2: time like they i'm would sorry say. but
1: i and i understand the 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 emotional and irrational aspect of being a sports fan but can we not just fucking enjoy where we're at right now i i got to constantly remind myself this is not 2012. This is not 2010. This is not 06. This is not the 18-wheeler. That's none of that shit. We have a be- fact is we- there's a better roster. The Maple Leafs are icing than I've ever seen in my entire life. That's a fact, man. Okay? That, that's... so that's how I go to sleep at night.
2: Yeah, and that's the main reason why I am. I feel like I'm completely removed from the old immature Josh Coleman Leaf fan who would literally, like you said it here on the podcast, I still do wear my fandom on my face is what you said. <laughs> I wear it on my face. But it used to be even, even worse, man. Like it used to affect my relationships. Like the Leafs would be in a slide and I would be not the happiest guy i don't know like it's just it doesn't really bother me anymore on a on a real deep emotional level like yeah i like to shoot the shit with my friends in the chat groups and when people text message me and they want to get a bit of a rise out of me you put a quarter into me i'll give yeah, you yeah. what you want but at the end of the day like fucking chill fucking chill like the team has talent They showed that they can bring it against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I guess at this point in time, we're asking for a level of consistency. But like you just said, let's go. Do you not remember the time when we had so many things to ask for? We were like a fucking spoiled, rich kid asking Santa for everything and anything. We couldn't get it.
1: There was a time when there was like management was a mess. The coaching staff was a mess. The the roster was broken. The organization I mean, was a, t- a complete joke. Exactly. We're not that's not that, but I think it's so easy for Maple Leaf fans to revert to that state and that mindset because we've spent so much time there.
2: Well, yeah, and everyone spends so much time there. It's my it's my age-old argument with people on social media when they fucking come in and they have to like it's an article about Adam Henrique and whether he's going to score 30 goals this year. And the first fucking comment with the most replies has something to do with the Leafs. Oh, if he was on the Leafs, he'd probably have 67 goals. Ha ha ha. And then everyone's like, lulu, lulu. it just goes on and on forever, you know? And the, and now all of a sudden, uh, an article about Adam Henrique has like 357 comments in an hour.
1: And, and it's, it's,
2: it's not even about some, the fucking article. Someone
1: put a corner in leaf fans. Yeah, I no, guess. And like, I'm not, I'm not giving anybody shit for having passion and, and whatever it's your right to say and do whatever you want when it comes to your fandom. But you know what I did after that game, I logged the fuck off Twitter till about Monday. I think Sunday night, maybe I checked in cause it was a goddamn war zone. <laughs> it was out there. A war zone. And I just, I just don't have the time for that. It's like, it's just hot takes everywhere. And it's like, I get it to a certain degree, but like I want, You know, it's hard to analyze what's going on with this team too because, and and Myrtle put it really well in his article where he's like, I've never seen it. It's so hard to break down a team. Are they good or are they terrible? Because that's basically what we saw. This last week is a perfect example. Against Pittsburgh, that one of the best 60 minutes they played all season long. You're like, wow, this is a good team. And then, but uh, after they lost to Buffalo on Monday or whatever it was, we're like, what the hell is this? Garbage. You know what I mean? Throw them in the trash. (laughs) So I feel like it's somewhere in the middle and and good on Caldwell yesterday not to like not to to fan those flames. I agree. You know, like when he came on, his presser was really interesting to say like, hey, like I'm not happy about this either, but let's be honest, we made our bed, we're going to sleep in it and we're going to c- carry on here.
2: Loved how he said bullshit right there in the in yeah. the presser.
1: And he had his fucking business card again on, like he wasn't fucking around.
2: He he asked the team earlier. He said you boys tell me what you want me to do. What I'm going to do is going to be based on what you guys show me that you're capable of doing.
1: Yeah. And he did the right thing by not, you know. Because they didn't show him. They didn't fucking toss out a bunch of shit to, to uh, make a drastic change because that's knee-jerk shit and that's not what they're about. I mean, and the team, the team did not earn help, nor did they deserve help. So you're not going to go do something crazy. And let's be honest, for all you people who are like, they had to trade Barry, had to trade Barry. There's no way they were able to pull off a trade and get a top four right-handed defenseman back. Or they would have done it a long fucking time ago.
2: You're getting 19 games of Barry. What's that worth?
1: Exactly. You're not getting, you're not trading for a third or second round pick. I I saw people posting online, I would have taken a third round pick for Barry. Are you fucking serious?
2: You're not an NHL GM the next day.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, like, there's... There is value to this guy playing the rest of the year. This is what we signed up for. We, we knew, need when, him. When Dubas traded for Barry, they knew full well he was walking after this year. We need him, dude. Right? So it's it's dumb shit like that that has started to irk me and get to me a little bit. But at the same time, it's like it's it's very calming and and um somewhat relaxing to know that there's some level headed people in the front office that aren't about to, you know, sacrifice go and do something stupid.
2: We don't need. We did not need to make any sacrifices here. And no, we didn't. And
1: you're not going to do something that's not going to better your roster. If anything, nothing there. If
2: anything, we 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 somewhat sold in the sense that we bought a fifth round pick for 44 percent of Robin Leonard's salary.
1: Now that was really interesting. You want to so go? You out? sent that to me yesterday, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, "What is this?" So I kind of looked at it, and and do, do you have it there? Can you pull it up while I'm talking? Oh, jeez, yeah. Try it. Try. So it. basically, what happened here is that I don't even know
2: if it's in the prep
1: Vegas. And I don't know who's the genius here. It might be a little Vegas, a little Leafs. But they wanted to acquire Robin Leonard. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's been struggling. Malcolm Subban, not quite what they're looking for. So they bring in Robin Leonard, who I believe had about five, five and a half cap hit for on a one-year deal. But they, the Blackhawks can only retain 50% of that salary. And that wasn't enough to get Vegas under the cap. So this is where they bring in the Maple Leafs. So instead of Blackhawks trading... Uh, Leonard directly to the Vegas Golden Knights. They send him over to Toronto. Toronto retains 44% of the cap hit, while Chicago retains five.
2: We and, have sorry, him. 50%. We have him for five seconds.
1: We have him for five seconds while he goes back down to Vegas uh, along with the Zirkles for some reason. Right. And then we get a fifth-round pick for retaining $1.2 million of cap space on Leonard, basically making it so I think... It ended up that Vegas only owed them, or the cap it for Vegas was only about $1.4 million. Okay. So can you read the transaction just as it's laid out? Um, Without the uh, Chicago.
2: Chicago sent Leonard to Toronto. Oh my God, my fucking webpage just had an aneurysm. Chicago sends Leonard to Toronto. Toronto sends Leonard and Zircles to Vegas, retains part of Leonard's contract. Vegas sends... Their 2020 fifth round pick to Toronto and Suban Demon, and a 2022nd to Chicago. Good ha- haul for Chicago. Hashtag uncle. Yeah. by David Penyota of the fourth period, which which was pretty
1: funny. So this is a very genius move um, by the Vegas Golden Knights, obviously to do a little cap circumvention and just sacrifice a fifth-round pick in the process. And
2: call in the smartest cap guys they have exactly. in the league. Exactly.
1: You bring in the Leafs, and the Leafs going, okay, it's about a couple hours to deadline. Yeah, we got some cap space that isn't going to be used. We can, we know it's not going to be used by our call-ups or by our uh, guys coming back from injury. Let's sell that cap space. Give us a fifth rounder. Yeah, we'll launder uh, 44% of this cap hit. So Vegas only ends up with 6%. Which is really crazy. That's going to be addressed. It, 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 you it, have it's going to gonna have to be, be because that, that's a tricky move that I'm surprised hasn't happened. And I did look back and apparently there was... You remember the year Derek Broussard got traded multiple times in the same season? Yes. So there was some of that going on with him. Yes. He got retained by two different teams, but it wasn't all at the same time. It wasn't like a three-way deal. It was because he got traded multiple times in the same season. Yeah,
2: so it feels more kosher,
1: right? Yeah, sort of, because it was done almost not intentionally like it was here. So that's that's a pretty cool move, and I think it's something that does get addressed in the next CBA.
2: Yeah, for sure it does, because really at the end of the day, you are selling your cap space, which you That's can't do.
1: That's essentially what you're doing. <laughs> you can't you know, like do I, got that. One, I got one I got 1.5 or, or two and a half or whatever you need. Send me uh a few picks and yeah, we'll just set, tell your trade partner, send them to us quick. We'll flip them over to you and boom.
2: Speaking of cap hits, um did you know that Ilya Kovalchuk currently is costing four different teams uh a cap hit right yeah, now yeah
1: because N- New Jersey's still paying yeah for something. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: New Jersey I don't even have them all in front of me right now. New Jersey, L.A., Washington, and Montreal.
1: Yeah, which is good move by Washington bringing them in, and good move by Berge- Bergevin to get something for him because L.A. couldn't give them away at the beginning of the season.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, they they turned it into a free asset, and and they also indicated, um, I believe it was, uh, I can't believe, or I can't believe, I can't remember who reported it exactly, but Bergevin had approached Kovalchuk and said that they had better offers on the table. But, but Kovalchuk he wanted to go to wanted Washington. to play with Ovechkin. So good on
1: him too for working with his player there.
2: And it, you know, it opens up the good relationship to maybe bring him back. Because yeah. they did say that they will be bidding on his services next year. And I think that's a good idea too. I saw Kovalchuk for a little bit. Like I know we had flashes and whatnot, but every player does, don't they? Um I saw Kovachuk playing, and and we kept using the word, and everyone kept using the word rejuvenated. I don't know if I would go with rejuvenated. Like, he's not throwing back the clock to his little kid's care again. But yeah, he was really engaged, man. He was really pumped up. He was pumped up when other people would score, which wasn't necessarily something that he was well known for, which is funny, eh? Because his Ovechkin or his Russian friend Ovechkin. He was one of the guys that I remember early in his career I used to say this guy loves goals more than anyone I've ever seen in my life because whether he's scoring them or someone else is scoring them he's like jumping up and down absolutely ecstatic. He's,
1: he's one of those guys too you can't like you can't peel him off the ice after a 3 minute shift like he just wants to play, right? Um, I guess to, to kind of wrap things up here, I did want to go back to the other deadline news regarding the Maple Leafs yesterday. Uh, the Jake Muzzin deal was finally announced. Um, What's re- the numbers there? As Kanye once famously said, rewind that shit back because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I called this contract... Four-year deal, $5.6 million. Nice. How about that?
2: I like it. And,
1: and if you're a regular listener of the show, you might remember me saying that, but you also remember us saying that we are a Jake Muzzin appreciation podcast right here.
2: Yeah, we absolutely are. If anyone knows Jake Muzzin, tell him that he should be on the Pucks and D podcast because when we're making, I mean, we're talking about all-decade Leaf rosters, and this motherfucker gets two spots. Two spots. And the backup D spot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and just a great great deal. I mean, and apparently the way the Leafs structured it, I know what everyone's thinking. This guy's in his 30s, and towards the end could be a problem for them. Well, it's front-loaded. It's bonus-laden. It's an easily buried, removable deal late in the contract. Nothing to worry about there, but I mean— Talk about a statement game from a guy like Muzzin in the game Thursday night versus the Penguins. Guy comes out, puts up three points, scores the first goal of the game right after he basically called out the team on after the uh, debacle oh, yeah. on Monday night or, or Sunday night, whatever it was. What a response. Where he says, you know, we just want to come here and have easy games, apparently. We just think, oh yeah, we're going to come in and walk all over them, and then it, and if it doesn't go our way, we fold. You know, it. It, that really resonated with me. And I think the other thing that resonated with me after they got dummied by the Penguins was Sheldon Keith pointed to across the rink saying, those guys have a winning culture in there. Pittsburgh Penguins, they built a winning culture in there. We're not there yet. No, And but, I think that really speaks to, and connects it connected to his comments about the lack of maturity on that hockey team. That's
2: right. And I think that it... That's not a great thing to hear. Whether No, it's a concerning player. as hell, right? Yeah, whether you're a player or a fan or management or whatever. But
1: if there's a guy to build that winning culture... It's Jake Muzzin. And it's Sheldon Keefe. Y- right? Oh, yes. Well, I, mean, I agree. We've, we've talked about how much that guy on and uh, his success at multiple levels and, and the winning he's done. Yeah, whatever, you can't go... I understand you can't go to Austin Matthews but back when I was in Pembroke, I used to do this. No, he's finding his way at the NHL level but I believe there are a lot of a lot of things that you bring with you all the way up. It doesn't matter what level you're coaching at.
2: That's right. And, and being able to build relationships with each and every individual player, uh, is something that, you know, is, I'm not going to say that it's exclusive to Sheldon Keith or anything, but it's definitely a big part of his coaching stature. I'm sure it's a part of every coaches, uh, you know, attack angle, whatever they want to do, however they want to approach the coaching style but he wants to have intricate relationships with everyone. And you've seen some of the players kind of talk about how he would come over and just chat with them during practice, like a one-on-one. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you, like taking a knee. Uh, you know, I think it was Kneelander who said that he had his arm around him and they were just kind of skating around the ice. So everyone's ripping shots and warming up and there's, you know, Kiefer and, and Willie uh, kind of skating mm. around, having a chat. Oh, I wonder what they're chatting about. Like, it's not like he's being called into the principal's office He's just having a chat with his players trying to find out a little bit more about the player. What makes him tick? What buttons do I have to press to get the most out of this guy? And this brings me back to my on the fly thing. This whole thing has been on the fly. Like you gotta, you gotta chill out a little bit. Like mm-hmm. if we don't make, you know, and we're going to bring Tyler on soon. He's probably going to tell me that we're going to make, I still, I'm not feeling it. And if we don't make, I need everyone to fucking chill out here and not, like with all this blowing it up and everything. Oh my God. I, I I hope we make. And if we get beat in the first round, fine, but Oh my God, dude, if we don't make, it's going to be just a fucking, yeah, gone we're going to have show. to listen
1: to that shit all summer long. And and oh. just a quick note on Nylander that you reminded me of. Um, it, It's so funny because it's like the, 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 a lot of the guys in the media are so used to ragging on Nylander at, uh, based on last year or whatever, but I think it was someone on TSN on Monday when they were talking about the Saturday night game immediately reverts to problems with Nylander chirping Nylander, but whatever. And they're ta- Oh Yeah. They were talking about the tummy sticks when, when Nylander went up to uh Ayers after the second period to give him a little tap and stuff. He was oh, the first yeah. player to go up to him. Yeah. And they're criticizing Nylander and talking about whatever. Again, like I almost tuned it out cause I'm so used to, or so sick of hearing the crap that some of, these, some of these guys on the radio and, and on TSN, Sportsnet, whatever, talk, about, talk shit about Nylander. There was an optional skate the next day for the Maple Leafs on Sunday that Ayers was supposed to be a part of. Right. Three guys he, showed up. He, Three oh. people. Morgan Riley to skate, Ilya Mikheyev, and fucking William Nylander. Really? You want to talk to me about William Nylander? Okay, and his effort or his caring or he's a floater or whatever shit that people like to throw at William Nylander. The guy showed up to the optional skate after what was probably the most embarrassing loss of the season. Okay, so just if you're one of those people, just swallow that and let it percolate in your fucking belly for a minute. Before you go on social media and start trash talking this guy again,
2: it's crazy how after this season has begun and we've seen the, the the tough start and then the quick flip of the switch to be a much better team. And now again, kind of tapering off here. But Nylander has been great all season long. Don't
1: track for 30 goals and people are still giving him a hard yeah, time.
2: It's crazy that. Is it
1: because he's so goddamn sexy you can't stand <laughs> it? Is that what it is?
2: I don't know, but my far, wife says he needs a haircut. Though he does need a haircut. Yeah. Well, speaking of haircuts, let's let's try and get Ty in here. I told him we were just gonna fucking call him live. So oh, yeah, we're just on the fly. here. Yeah, we'll just on the fly. Uh, Tyler Matteraz, uh Sirius XM. NHL Network Radio, channel 91.
1: Shout out to the Canes PR department too, of course. Like, they're pretty good on social media, but they are milking this thing for all it's worth.
2: Oh, selling t-shirts. you slapping and...
1: Canes logos all over the sky, sending them around the fucking world.
2: You know, it's great that we're bringing Ty on if he ever picks up here. Actually, while he, while we're ringing him, dude, grab that box, grab that Pucks in Deep card game here. That's not our Pucks in Deep card game in case you're a, a new listener. It's a Pucks in Deep card game sent, us, sent to us by Pucks in Deep... Podcast number two out in the San Francisco Pucks and Bay Area. Deep Jr. Yeah. yeah, Pucks and Deep Jr. But I, I'm glad we're bringing Ty on actually because Ty was at that game. Oh, God. Yeah, he was at the game on Saturday. and he was, I heard him on the radio talking uh, briefly about it. But uh, he was mentioning that uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Like the fans were really, you know, giving him props. I thought they
1: were getting booed off the ice. But then I realized the fans that booed already left. The fans that stayed stayed to give that guy a standing O at the end, and that was really cool.
2: And that's why I remained watching the game on my television because, you know, I remember Kirsty was like, "Geez, you're still watching?" because it was it was clearly over, you know. And I was like, well, I, I just want to watch in case like something crazy happens or, or this guy makes like a, an absolute 10-beller highlight reel save or something because that would have been really Stayed for the feel-goodery. Cool. I did. I stayed yeah. for the feel-good story. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, you know, the Leafs lose the game. It's a complete embarrassing effort. I did want to mention too, Lesko, that one of my biggest pet peeves, we're, we're going to continue on here because Ty's not answering son of a bitch's screen screening his calls. But um, <laughs> the, one, of the, one of my biggest pet peeves, Lesko, in, in, in any sport – but obviously hockey, because that's that's the sport I follow the most. But one of my biggest pet peeves is that I feel like sports fans are completely unable to both shit on their team and give credit to the other team. And sometimes it's an and or. Like, sometimes it's an and or. Well, we
1: focus on one thing, Yeah, right? oh, at least we're trash. Well, like, and, how about it, how good the Carolina Hurricanes were? I know, were? and it's, it's often both, but yet... It, it, it's one of those things where, where somebody's got to come out, and, like I said, with the reasonable take of both these things can be right at the same time. You know what I mean? Like the, the Leafs can be underachieving and not playing well. The Leafs can be a very skilled team. And not performing well.
2: Yeah, well, well, very skilled teams don't perform well every single night of the year. Let's go. I mean, Austin
1: just got fucking railed 9 2 or whatever it was by goddamn Vancouver. Which, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't say that. Vancouver is having a great fucking year. Yeah, Vancouver's so,
2: having a great year. Credit where
0: credit's due there.
2: Ty finally picked up the line. Ty, you there, buddy?
0: Oh, I picked up the first time, bud.
2: Well, where the hell were you? It just kept ringing and ringing forever, my friend.
0: No, I was here, man. I guess second time's a charm, right? Were you just
2: listening <laughs> to our
1: stupid uh, ramblings? Did you hear us?
0: No, I didn't hear anything.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, the call just didn't work. But we were bringing you in initially to, uh, we were talking about William Nylander's flow, and Lesko's wife uh, thinks that he should cut it. And I said, well, Ty's got some pretty pretty good flow and a good little hair hair on his face and everything else. He knows a little bit about hair growth. So uh, what do you think about William Nylander's flow? Time to go or what?
0: Actually thinks the exact same thing as Lesko's wife, that uh, <laughs> Willie, Willie needs to chop it off. But I, I'm all with the flow, as you guys know. Like, if you know Sammy Nuku on the Winnipeg Jets, he's got the best hair in hockey. I don't know if Nylander's trying to get there, but uh, I used to have my uh, my fair share of long hair, like grade ten, eleven, twelve. It was uh, it was pretty long.
2: <laughs> well, everyone had long hair in high school. I feel I, I was I was uh, guilty of the old Ashton Kutcher shag. I had the mop, yeah. I had the shag the back big in old the day. mop.
1: <laughs> You had to adjust your hockey helmet whenever you got a haircut. Yeah, the ladies too. loved that, though.
2: Oh, the ladies loved it, and the hemp necklace, and like, oh, <laughs> I made you a hemp necklace with some beads on it, and it's like, okay, fine, you know, like... <laughs> to go with your stupid hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Ty, uh, Boys, you...
0: I'll, I'll send you a picture later of how bad my hair was. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, yeah. We're... Tweet that shit out if yeah, you dare. we're waiting Hell on that, no. for sure.
2: <laughs> so... uh Tyler Matteras joins us here in the Pucks and D podcast. Thanks for coming back on, Ty. Uh, for any of our listeners that haven't uh, had a chance to hear Ty on the show, uh, you know, I don't know how good playback is, but playback is is fun sometimes because you get to hear some either some spot on takes or some really off the wall takes uh, when you do playback. But Ty's joined us a couple times. He is a, an employee of SiriusXM NHL Network Radio, Channel 91. Uh, before I continue, Ty, that's a mouthful. And you guys are pretty damn good at rhyming that off at the drop of a hat. That whole that whole big long name.
0: Yeah, it, it is a mouthful. Uh, but once you uh, once you say it a couple times, especially on the air, you, you kind of get it. And the weird thing is, I've worked there for quite a while now. Like our channel on the XM and Sirius XM dial has changed. So, like, I think back when I was like an intern, it was like Sirius two hundred five XM eighty seven or something. And like, you had to remember two channels when we were serious and XM. So luckily for us, it's only one now it's only 91. And that's easy for me to remember. It's my birth year. It's like a cool hockey number as well. So, uh, yeah, once you say serious XM NHL network radio channel 91, a couple times, uh, you're pretty good at it.
2: And I know that it strikes a, a bell with Nick Alberga, former, uh, former guest and current friend of the show as well. Uh, 91, he loves to troll the Islanders fans. <laughs> everything's, everything's 91. And I saw one of his other tweets, uh, Today or yesterday was, uh, what was your success rate on breaking trades? And he immediately replied with 91%. Uh, you know, it just gets a rise out of the Islanders fans. Uh, I, I wonder, uh, Ty, if you had an opportunity to uh, tune into the Pucks D podcast for Nick's appearance. And maybe if you might have had some thoughts or some responses to some of the shade he was throwing from uh, dating back to his time at Sirius XM NHL Network Radio Channel 91.
0: Yeah, I did listen to uh, Nick's appearance. It was a great podcast, as always. Um, But I I thought it was pretty funny what he was saying. And you know what, Nick and I have been in uh, the same fantasy league, either a work fantasy league or or just one that uh, Jake Hahn runs. We've been in the same one now for years. Uh, So there's always a ton of friendly competition. Uh, It seems like one of us is always battling it out in the playoffs against one another. Uh, But what he was bringing up, Uh, was some sort of I I don't even remember doing this because when I was listening to him I was like did I even do that but I think he was thinking like I was in a third place game and like picking guys up or something I was like I don't even remember that I guess I have a bad uh, memory lately as I'm getting older Um, but uh, I do I'll state that I do like my fair share of pickups if my league has five pickups in a week I am usually using all five I don't care there's five for a reason I'll usually draft like a not-so-good guy near the bottom of my roster, so he's interchangeable. And on Sunday, if I need shots on goal or some sort of category, I can switch in and out. But to what Nick was saying about like the dropping certain guys, if I did that one year, I did it, but uh, definitely haven't done that since
2: then. I'm pretty sure he called it the Mataraz rule.
0: Yeah, there's no Mataraz rule. No, no (laughs) way.
2: Okay. What do you think about uh, how many leagues are you actually in, Ty? I never asked you that before. How many leagues are you in?
0: I'm currently in two, so uh I'm in one with Jake and Nick that Jake Hahn does run. It's a great league with a bunch of our buddies, and then uh, I just started one actually this year because our work one kind of folded., uh, so I started one this year with our beer league hockey team on Sunday, so oh, uh, they're right both 14, they're both fourteen team leagues and uh very competitive. so uh just two this year yeah two, two is uh is kind of my max.
2: yeah, two is nice I, I at one point I was in four, and then last year I was in three. And one of the three is the one that I run, so I was like, it's it's too much. I would just rather have you know mine and someone else's. So now I'm like yourself. I've got my own, and then I've got the one that I'm in with you guys as well. Uh, You talked about playoffs. I won't be sniffing the playoffs. I think in that (laughs) way.
0: Yeah, you're kind of on the outside looking in, but that's okay, man. We all have bad years, and you know, you're not a pretender. It's like you have to deal with it. I don't know how many injuries your team dealt with this year but like both of my teams have gone through some like I just had Chester can go down on like a crazy car accident in Brooklyn like the weirdest thing ever so uh, I think two hockey is fine especially if people out there play in multiple leagues for all sports so like I'm in a basketball league right now I'm like fighting for a playoff spot. So if I had three hockey leagues going, it was kind of a lot. And then baseball starting up fairly soon. And I'm super into fantasy baseball. It's probably my fa- favorite fantasy sport. So if you have like a ton going at once, it's, it's just hard to manage them all.
2: What makes fantasy baseball better? And like, if you, if you can single something out, Ty, like maybe like, cause I'm, I'm a baseball fan uh, by nature. I'm a baseball player. I find it a little yep. bit difficult to, you know, get into the grind of a million games a season and whatnot, playing every single night. But as far as fantasy is concerned, uh, you know, what what sticks out for fantasy baseball?
0: I just love the position players and pitcher aspect where uh, the draft is so strategic. And obviously in fantasy football or hockey or basketball, it's strategic as well. But when you're in like the first and second round of a fantasy baseball draft, you kind of have to have a crazy strategy as to like one year, for example, Nick Alberga, like with his first four or five picks, I think he drafted all starting pitchers. And I think he ended up winning or at least winning the regular season that year. He just stacked up on aces and would crush pitching every single week. Um, so there's different strategies to it. And especially on a day-to-day basis, you kind of have day of waiver pickups, which is great in hockey as well.
2: All right. That's cool. Is it, is it kind of like a weekly thing as well where you do categories, uh, strikeouts, hits, home runs, like that kind of thing, or is it a little bit more uh, intricate?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost exactly like hockey, like the like our league that we're in Josh, like, same sort of thing. So like hits, runs, doubles, home runs, stolen bases, that kind of thing. Average, or actually, we took out average uh, this year. Uh, I think we just did. What did we do? Um, I don't even remember. But we took out average and did um, something else. But uh, the pitching, the pitching ones are pretty straightforward. But uh, I don't know, man. Give it a try. It's uh, it's really fun.
1: All right, Tyler. I wanted to take it over to the ice. Um, so how do you spend deadline day? I know you're on the morning show, but uh, you know, are you? you prodding any sources are you breaking any stories there like what's it like over at the studio
0: yeah let's go I wish I was breaking stories like those guys on television but uh no I un- unfortunately don't have any uh guys numbers that would uh, send me texts or emails of guys that are getting traded but but uh yeah I did the morning shift yesterday and uh, as you guys tuned into the coverage like I did uh, it was probably the busiest morning before 11 a.m. that we've had in years it ended up being Being the busiest trade deadline day ever, which was actually pretty crazy. Not a lot of people expected that going into Monday. Uh, So, yeah, I was at work till 11 doing my show as per usual, 7 a.m. to 11. And then uh, uh, refreshing Twitter, just clicking a mouse. And then as soon as an insider would put out a tweet, I was putting it out on our SiriusXMNHL account and I think I got arthritis or carpal tunnel in my right hand.
2: Oh, man, that would have been awful. Like Not not to say that your job is awful, but that, that's a that's no. a pretty menial task, eh? Being like, okay, I got it. And then you probably got a hashtag with the right hashtag so that the team's <laughs> yep. symbol shows up and stuff. Yeah, that's
0: exactly what I had to do. Exactly <laughs> what I had to do. pretty funny.
2: But you're right about the morning, tie. I mean, m- most of the times I feel like in the morning, you're just kind of stretching it out, making the coffee, buttering the bagel, if you know what I'm saying, and getting ready to go for trade deadline day and uh instead this time you were all hands on deck basically
0: yeah we obviously weren't expecting in the morning like it was a couple of our first times on the morning show and you're thinking all right like deals usually start to come in between 11 and noon like that's when the the kind of bigger ones start to roll and like over the past couple years maybe one or two have broken uh between like let's just say 9 and 11 a.m and this year it seemed like all the big stuff was going down like all of a sudden we're just like did Florida really just trade vincent trocek to carolina like they're, they're kind of both battling almost for a, a wild card spot i know florida's going more so for the uh, atlantic spot the third place but like just one of those trades kind of caught you off guard you're thinking all right Vinny trocek's uh, off to carolina and the, the day is kind of off and uh, saw some uh, fairly big moves after that guys
1: yeah, absolutely, and Carolina found themselves in a bit of a predicament, obviously losing two goaltenders on Saturday night, and alongside uh, Brett Pesci, so I thought they were one of the big winners of the day, uh, but I was very confused by what Florida was doing, considering they are chasing that third spot in the Atlantic, and giving up a guy like Vinny Trocheck, who I know his numbers are down a little bit this year, but has been a, you know, a perennial goal scorer for that team.
0: Yeah, I was shocked too, and like ever since Trocheck, I guess, broke his leg, like, Hasn't been the same player, but we all watched Vincent Trocek when he was ripping things up in Florida. Like, I did not understand that whatsoever. And not taking anything away from, like, Eric Hall or Lucas Walmart. They were really good Carolina Hurricanes. They're actual NHL players. So, at least Florida gets two NHL players for now back. But uh, just to trade Vincent Trocheck, like, what's Joel Quenville thinking? Like, he just lost arguably one of his most consistent goal scorers. And as you said, he doesn't even have 10 yet this year. Uh, but to trade Vincent Trocek like that, uh, maybe something deeper was into it.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same. Uh, I mean, everyone wants to uh, go after that low-hanging fruit about Mike Hoffman uh, and uh, maybe yeah. something maybe something going on there. But at the end of the day, I, I thought that maybe, maybe I'm in the minority on this one, but I kind of felt that maybe Florida, if not, I don't want to say that they got better necessarily, but I, I don't know if they got worse uh, by losing Trocek. Like, I understand. I, I fully agree. Very skilled. Obviously, top six forward, capable of putting the puck in the net, which is a premium in this league. But the whole two-for-one thing, um, I just, I don't know. I think they get they get really quick. Uh, Eric Hall has got a lot of speed. Not, again, not that Trocek is slow. It's not really a comparison of the players. But at the end of the day, I, I didn't think that Carolina necessarily – you know, or excuse me, Florida. I didn't think that Florida became instantaneously worse just by losing Trocheck.
0: No, they they definitely didn't get worse. It's just tough trading a guy like Vinny Trocek, who you know can score you 20 to 30 goals. Um, and it's kind of weird how like Hala and Trocek were swapped in this deal. Like both guys broke their leg in a pretty gruesome fashion. I think Hala's was at Scotia Bank Arena against the Leafs. Um, and it's funny that his last game uh, for Carolina was against the Leafs. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what? And Florida kind of needed the two NHL players. If you think about it, like they played Mike Matheson at wing, they've been playing Mark Pesek at wing. Uh, they def, and then, then they lost Jace Howerluck on waivers as well. So uh, I guess they, they did a good job in getting a couple NHLers back for, uh, for one of theirs.
2: Well, yeah, they needed to address it. That's kind of, you know, that wasn't the basis of my comment, but you, you, you provide the filler and the content like you always do Ty. I mean that, that hit the nail on the head. They, they kind of addressed a need. Now, of course, you know, in order to get something, you're gonna have to give something, and in this case, getting something meant giving Trocheck. And I'm I'm interested to see what the remaining twenty so twenty or so games they have left. Uh, I'm really interested to see what that has in store. Not only as a Leaf fan, because of course we're scoreboard watching with Florida yeah. uh, like at a nightly rate. But uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out in terms of, you know, if the team lights fire, catches fire a little bit. Because let's be honest, uh, while the Leafs have been pretty pedestrian lately, the Panthers aren't necessarily world beaters either, are they?
0: No, not at all. Like uh, from a Leafs perspective, they've been insanely lucky right now that the Florida Panthers haven't caught fire. And obviously it has in part to do with Sergei Bobrovsky. He's kind of back to what he was at the beginning of the year, but for the Leafs, they have been super lucky that they've been mediocre. And at the same time, so have the Florida Panthers. So uh, I think it's going to go right down guys to the last week of the season. Certainly be a fun race. It'll be a stressful race uh, for Leaf fans, obviously. Um, But uh, just circling back, uh, the last thing I wanted to say about Trochik was, he picked 16 in Carolina. I'm pretty sure that was because uh, he saw how good Sasha Barkov was in Florida and uh, might have did that uh, in ode to him. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, you're the jersey number guy, eh?
0: Oh, big time. Big, big time. time.
2: That that was like me back in my university days when I played cello all the time. I knew everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew yep. everyone. They used to hit me up uh like at the bar. Hey Coleman, uh, who's number fifteen on whatever? And I I just yell <laughs> it out. You know, I knew everything. So it's it's a fun I love that, man. Yeah, it's fun to it's fun to, to be that way. I've fallen off a bit. But you you just before I throw it over to Lesko real quick, Ty, you mentioned the, the, the race. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be uh nail biting if you're a Leaf fan. And you also mentioned uh a throwback. So I'm gonna throw back to last week when I asked you if you could come on again. You graciously accepted and I said, Well I'll ask you now if we're going to make, if the Leafs are going to make a playoff here this year. At that time, you believed that they were going to make, and I said I wasn't feeling it. Uh, Nothing's changed from my end. Has anything changed from your end after what you saw in person on Saturday night?
0: No, nothing has changed from my end. I I think the Leafs, it's hard to say. I don't want to say they're going to get lucky and make the playoffs. They just have such a good team when they are going that it's kind of hard for me to see them not make the playoffs. Like, on paper... Obviously, they're a better team than the Florida Panthers. Right now, they're both kind of playing the same. But at the end of the day, and and we kind of looked at the schedules um, going down the stretch for both teams at at work a couple days back, and they they both kind of have the same schedule. But a big game, obviously, is on Thursday. That's in a couple days from right now uh, when the Leafs and Panthers go head-to-head. That's a four-point game. That's going to be a huge one. But uh, as we head down the stretch, I still do think the Leafs end up making the playoffs. I think they get that third Atlantic spot. And then do they face Tampa? Do they face Boston? Guys, it doesn't matter because they will lose in the first round, but they will make the playoffs.
1: As long as they get there, I guess we can uh, take that as a W, at least uh, from our standpoint, with everything being so up in the air so far this season.
2: I'll argue that fact. While I'm the one that doesn't think we're going to make, I think if we do make, we will proceed past the first round. And our... Our ace up the sleeve will be Sheldon Keefe to to get us there. Over a seven game series, I'm I'm ridiculously confident in this guy's Ooh. ability to win a series.
1: I like the optimism. I like it too. I want to pivot over just uh, some more trade talk there, Ty. Um, Going over to the Ottawa Senators, Uh, we're pretty busy uh, stockpiling a massive wealth of draft picks. Uh, I just wanted to get your comments on what you thought about the Pajot trade. It seemed that his name was in trade rumors kind of throughout the season, and it seems like Dorian was very patient and actually maximized his return here from the Islanders, but And then in the same day, they only get a fourth rounder for a Nemestikov.
0: Yeah, you know what? They only did get a fourth rounder for a Nemestikov, but that kind of seemed like what other GMs would give up, either like a third or fourth rounder. Huge for him. Like how many teams could use a center like him who can actually score? And and maybe he hasn't done it in other seasons, but it certainly looks like J.G. Pajot is almost the perfect second or third line center, brings a lot of energy, can kill penalties as well. Um, But uh, what Pierre Dorian got back, Draft pick wise, obviously from the Mneskov trade, adding up with this JG Pajot trade, uh, just the first round pick is nuts to me. Looking at Ottawa's picks, guys, I'm sure you've done the same. It is crazy how many picks they have in the upcoming draft. And yes, three first round picks, like they are pretty stacked in the future. They'll have two other first round picks if they keep them. They still have Brady Kachuk up front, Thomas Chabot. We're still kind of waiting on Colin White. Drake Batherson, like they have so many good young prospects that they'll obviously need to mix in a couple of veterans here and there. Maybe that's why they kind of kept the Ron Hainsey around, kept the Connor Brown around and uh, maybe only traded uh, like Tyler Ennis as one of their veterans. But uh, I, I really like what Pierre Dorian's doing and obviously maximize the, the value and the great season put together by Pajot.
2: Yeah, and you know he's a good example of a guy that actually might uh, drop off in terms of fantasy value. Uh, very similar to a guy like Blake Coleman. I, I spoke about this on the podcast. Uh, I think it was last week. I'd mentioned that you know you might want to be a little careful because I saw Coleman's ownership kind of spiked when he was traded to tampa bay and while he's still going to get a lot of time on the pk i don't think you're really picking up guys strictly for the pk even you might have shorthanded points in your league but you're not really basing a decision on, on pk so you know the guy goes from first line minutes uh really top assignments uh in new jersey to you know basically i think what you know, no offense to Blake Coleman, shout out my brother from another mother. Uh, you know, he, he kind of settles into what he is, right? Uh, more, of a, more of a bottom six utility kind of guy that can, that can fill a spot in the top six if need be. But his fantasy value doesn't necessarily go through the roof just because he goes to a good team.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not. You guys will see him tonight in the Leaf game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's just going to be a third liner for them. They obviously picked up Barkley Goodrow, which was crazy for a first rounder. Maybe we'll get into that. Uh, But Blake Coleman, fantasy-wise, was great in New Jersey. If you have him, uh, it obviously drops off just a bit. And I agree. It's the same with Pajot. It's not like his fantasy... Uh, stock is just going to start rising when he goes to New York. And not a lot of Islanders really rip it up fantasy wise. Like Anders Lee's having an okay year. Matt Barzell's not having a great one in fantasy perspective. But uh, with Pajot and Coleman, uh, they were definitely better on their original teams fantasy wise than who they got traded to.
2: Yeah, well, you you brought up Barkley Goodrow. And uh, for a first, L- Lesko's got that very eloquently put in our prep that, uh, you know, Barkley Goodrow, dot, 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 for a first, <laughs> multiple question marks. I guess they're all in. <laughs> Um, you know, well, you brought it up, Ty. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, that's a pretty hefty price to pay for a guy uh, like Barclay Goodrow.
0: Yeah, your thoughts off the bat, like as it comes down, I think it was like Bob McKenzie, whoever tweeted it. You're just thinking, all right, like maybe it's a typo, but nope. Julian Breesbo does give up a first round pick for Barclay Goodrow, and obviously. Sounded like he was a sought-after player at the deadline. Sounded like he was shocked to get traded. Uh, But just watching him in San Jose over the years, is a very good third, fourth-line player. Uh, Probably not worth a first-round pick. But at the end of the day, this trade will have to wait until the playoffs come around. So uh, like Tampa Bay Lightning, who knows what's going to happen this year after last year's disaster in the first round. But uh, if they do go far, I think Barkley Goodrow is going to be a pretty big part of it. We all know the superstars on the bolts, but um, we'll see if Julian Breesbaugh either looks like a dummy or looks like a genius after the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting departure from the Eisenman ph- philosophy where it, seems that, or it seemed like despite where they were in the standings that he always wanted to hold on to those first-round picks. Uh, really saw the value in them whereas Breesbaugh has gone like I know what I want I know what I need and I'm willing to give up first to get it Um, you kind of alluded to the fact that maybe there was a bit of competition involved in that trade for Goodrow I did want to pivot back into Canada here and ask you a little bit about what you thought uh, about Kenny Holland's work with the Oilers I think it's one of the first times we've seen them actually buyers at a deadline in a long time.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been a while for the Oilers. And uh, what better guy, uh, Ken Holland? Uh, I I thought they were okay moves. I'm not over the top like a lot of other people are. Tyler Ennis is what Tyler Ennis is going to be. Andreas Athenasiou, if you ever get back there, who really knows? Like like his speed obviously sticks out. Uh, So does his skill like a lot of other players in the NHL who have skill these days. But his defensive play and his plus minus does speak for itself. Uh, i I still think it's the worst in the national hockey league if i'm not mistaken it it just has to get better is it going to get better in edmonton no it's not going to get better in edmonton and right now i don't know if you guys read this today as well but looks like the new top line with mcdavid are both new acquisitions Ennis and athanasiu i guess it's a step up from chieson and sam gagne who they ended up trading back to detroit but is that first line really going to work no it's not like like they were okay acquisitions but uh, i don't think those two guys are, are going to work that great with mcdavid especially with the oilers still pushing for a playoff spot like it's not set in stone that they even make the playoffs did I, you
2: see what dave tippett called the uh new line mates for connor mcdavid what did he call them a housewarming gift
0: oh yeah that's that's the opposite of a housewarming gift what are you talking
2: well, about Well, no dave? for the, no for the new guys so mm, it's, for a, it's them. It's a I'm housewarming for, for Connor. No, 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 no. For no for sorry. The, yeah. Like, like what he called the new line. He said, so you're putting them on a oh. the line with Connor McDavid. Why are you doing that? And he said, well, it's a housewarming gift for our two new players.
0: All right. You know what? I'll take that in as a uh, one shift or two shift project for Dave Tippett. Though. Okay.
2: All right. Well, we'll be tracking the shifts for sure
1: to yeah. see how that plays out. Absolutely. And I think, <laughs> you know, Connor McDavid is obviously the, the type of player who can probably make many of us look good on his wing, bank pucks off our asses all the time. But, uh, you know, at least they get some guys who can keep up with them, which I'm sure from a coaching standpoint is probably all you're looking for at the end of the day when it comes to Connor McDavid. Uh, One more thing I did want to ask you about was the moves that Pittsburgh made. Uh, Rutherford's never been shy when it comes to making moves in order to keep pushing for Stanley Cups. Uh, Just kind of go over what you thought about Marlowe bringing back Connor Sheary, who had his best years with the uh, Penguins. And also uh, Rodriguez, I believe, from the uh, Buffalo Blue Line.
0: Yeah, boys. I, I Honestly, I fucking love what Jim Rutherford did. Like, th- this is going to go under the radar. And if they win the Stanley Cup, like, everyone's going to look back and say, man, Rutherford did a heck of a job. Let's just, like, go back to what their lineup's been this year. Like, they've dealt with so many injuries. Crosby was out of the lineup for months. And at points, they had, like, half the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins up. Like, they had guys like Anthony Angelo and Sam Lafferty, who who were good. Sam Lafferty was great. Like, Andrew Agazzino was playing a lot. You mean the guy uh, from Happy H- Gilmore? Yeah, it might have been the guy from Lafferty Gilmore, Daniel? Yeah. yeah, Lafferty Daniel, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but, you know what, Sam Lafferty, all joking aside, he was good. And they all got sent back to the AHL, which is most likely where they should be at this point. Uh, kind of helping the baby pens. But looking at their bottom six now, Lesko, you mentioned bringing back Connor Sherry is huge. He won two Cups there. Those were his first two years in the NHL. That must have been nice for Connor. Uh, But he was a big part of those teams. Like Just remember watching that Pittsburgh team both years going to the final. Connor Sherry was scoring big goals left and right. Like So was Chris Kunitz and other guys. But Connor Sherry was great. So I love that they bring him back. Uh, They did the Jason Zucker thing before the deadline. That's obviously worked out very well so far playing with Sidney Crosby. And then Evan Rodriguez, very under the radar. He's a guy that played with Jack Eichel in college. He's from uh, my parts here. He's from Etobicoke, Ontario. Um, But uh, Evan Rodriguez, he wanted out of Buffalo for a long time. And Jim Rutherford saw an opportunity, a very skilled player, he put up a ton of points in college. I know he was playing with Eichel and was playing with Eichel as well, uh, obviously on the same team, only in Buffalo. But uh, Evan Rodriguez brings a lot more to the bottom six in Pittsburgh than a lot of these AHLers right now can bring. So absolutely love what the Pittsburgh Penguins did.
2: New York Rangers, sorry, Taya. Uh, New York Rangers, um, shocked with uh, Chris Kreider sticking around, or is that just a little bit of an ode of confidence by Jeff Gordon, to kind of go out and say, look, we got what we have, and and we're going to keep it moving forward.
0: A couple days before the deadline, we were just saying, like, the way Jess Jerkin was playing, like, he doesn't lose hockey games. The way the Rangers are playing right now, they're still on the brink of a playoff spot. It's tough in the Metro. Like, uh, that battle is going to go down to the last Saturday of the season, I think. But I, I think Jeff Gordon just was was kind of hamstrung because of the way his face you don't really care about the playoffs. And you know what? Some Rangers fans might be split. Some might want to make the playoffs. I love watching the Rangers. Chris Kreider is the prototypical Ranger. Uh, I think he'll get to see next year um, maybe even the year after, who knows what they want to do with the captaincy. I think it will be Chris Kreider, but uh, was not shocked that he did stick around. It's a decent price tag, uh, at $6.5 a, a year. He is in his prime, and uh, just the way that he plays with Zibanejad uh, and Bucinavich, that line is unbelievable, and having Panarin playing on that team as well. Uh, the Rangers have done a heck of a job bringing a lot of guys in and, and locking up their studs.
2: They're doing their best to make a fan out of you, bringing in all those Euros, eh?
0: Oh, dude, I love the so, Euros, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Caps. All of a
2: sudden, yeah, yeah. So speaking of that last one before we wrap it up, Ty, um, you're you're a, a self-proclaimed big fan of the of the Russians, right? So, yes. I wanted to ask you, like, with regards to trade deadline and and how sometimes it can be really difficult for the average fan to get a to get a handle on what has been going on. I'll I'll ask you to kind of use your your love of the Russian player like do you know a little bit more about these Russian players that come over from the KHL than the average fan and how would you relate that to you know knowing a little bit more about a player that you have no idea about like when a draft pick or not a draft pick sorry when a player is traded and you get back draft picks and a prospect and no one really knows anything about that prospect. So right off the bat, simply because you don't know anything about him, you're going to say your team lost the deal when in reality, that prospect might be a, a really fantastic piece for you.
0: Yeah, so like, for example, like one prospect yesterday, I think he was in the Trocheck deal. His name was Chase Prisky. Like I work... At NHL Network Radio, I don't know anything about Chase Prisky. Not a lot of casual fans would. So obviously right away you're thinking, all right, who is the guy in this deal? You hit up HockeyDB, you start reading some things. Uh, As a broadcaster of the NHL, you start wanting to read because we're all not prospect gurus like a lot of those guys out there who are watching junior games and whatnot. So in that respect, with a lot of NHL prospects, it's a lot of research because I'm not in university anymore, or in high school anymore, where I could watch the OHL whenever I want. It was fun, uh, but now you're, you're kind of just stuck watching the National Hockey League every night, which is fun. But back to the Russian part, uh, I'll preface it also by saying my love of Russians started, and you guys will obviously love this, but with Sergei Berezin of the Toronto Maple Leafs.
2: Oh, beauty! beauty. Favorite
0: pl- favorite player of all time. Still, um, I have a couple Bears in jerseys. I have a ton of his hockey cards. Uh, still love Sergei Berezin to this day. So I think it started with him. Uh, obviously, he wasn't the biggest passer, so I didn't want to replicate that in my game growing up. Yeah, uh, but he had the st-
2: best pass of his life. He had the best pass He's of a stumpy, his... Just stumpy, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. literally. They showed, it at, they, they showed it at the Leafs game on Saturday uh, during one of the intermissions. I was getting best pumped up. Best part of up. the game. Yeah, it, it was the best part of the game. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think my love of Russian started there. But going back to like researching like uh, an example is Nikita Gusev so Nikita Gusev's right now in the New Jersey Devils he was like a Tampa Light- Bay Lightning pick was in Vegas a little last year didn't play uh, but I don't know I have I've had an infatuation with Russians for a long time so uh, just with Gusev for example I started following his career when Tampa drafted him I was just like this guy seems like he's sick I kind of want to follow his career so I'd always check KHL stats and whatnot uh, he was putting on crazy highlights in the continental hockey league way back when and you could even ask jay con like i've been an akita gusev fan just one of them for example for the longest time uh, i just love what a lot of them could do uh, they have so much skill but uh, it's just a it's a lot of research and uh, if you're kind of a hockey nerd like all three of us and a lot of your guys listeners probably uh, you kind of take the time to do a lot of research on things you like in hockey or players you like and uh, for me, it, it does have a lot to do with Europeans or, or Russian players. And uh, Don Cherry's not going to side with me, but that's okay. Uh, I'll stick to my Russians.
1: So I imagine that you were a fan of the uh, Ilya Kovalchuk going into the Russian machine in Washington.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. Right away, I was just like, all right, Ovi, Kuzi, Orlov, Sam Stonov. Like, right away, I was just thinking, like, these guys could be crushing drinks together at night, like, having <laughs> great times. And uh, I like. Like I don't know what Kovalchuk's gonna bring offensively. He's not gonna be like he was in Montreal, which was great. You guys obviously didn't like seeing him score in overtime against the <laughs> Leafs, but uh, I, I kind of like the pickup by Brian McClellan. And the best part about it is, cap-wise, like they're not paying him virtually anything. So uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty uh, interesting move for Brian McClellan. But uh, I do like the Kovalchuk pick-up pick for sure. Yeah, uh, low risk reward.
1: Sorry, most man. vodka consumed per capita by any <laughs> NHL team, without a doubt.
2: Most vodka consumed per capita. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> all right well i can't get any better than that so i guess we better wrap it up ty listen thanks for uh joining us 100 <laughs> when uh once again tyler matter from nhl serious xm nhl channel 91 i can't even say it why don't you give give me a good sign off ty
0: having me on the pod i love it i also loved the episodes with alberga and han i will be listening again uh once they're on but uh thank you and i am signing off from NHL I went I already messed yes! it up Look at that. once you think about it you mess it up serious serious XM NHL network radio channel 91
2: don't worry I won't tell your boss all right
0: please don't no, I'll get fired <laughs>
2: all right Ty thanks for joining us again man have a good one see you next time buddy
0: yeah. see ya boys enjoy the 13 games tonight
2: yeah you too man all right, so that's Tyler Mataraz. Great phone call, as per usual. Bit of a different, uh, difficult phone call there. A little bit, a little bit oh. of drops. Now, oh. don't don't talk about it too crazy. We won't. We'll talk about it. after. I'm going to edit it anyways. Right, yes. Yeah, which so. is really funny because just before we went to air tonight for episode fifty seven. You had said that a buddy was asking you if if we ever do, like, how much editing we do. We talked about editing before the show. And we both said, we don't edit ever. We've only edited, like, two times. Literally, a call dropped. And the other time, you know what, dude? I think it was twice. Once times. our second
1: episode ever. Yeah, the odd thing we've had to to edit from a couple screw-ups. But other than that, we've had a pretty a pretty smooth ride throughout the, our tenure here at the pucks and deep podcast. So a little disappointed about a choppy phone call, but don't worry, Mr. Josh Coleman will stay up all the fucking night. Trying to smooth that out for you listeners. Um, uh, but kind of the good thing I guess about that is that it was picking up, um, where he left off for some reason, like it was delaying. Yeah. That's why I not to talk about it. Cause anyway, I think I'm going to be able to, I couldn't imagine it. how it fucking sounded on his end, but you know, good sport. Tyler powered through it, did a good job. Uh, hammering away at a lot of information coming our way uh, from yesterday's trade deadline. No better guy to have breaking it down than Tyler Madras. Uh, if you do want to listen to him a little more, he is on the radio in the mornings uh, with Gord Stellick to recap what happened the night before on uh, in and around the NHL I'm- on serious. XM NHL radio channel ninety
2: one. Oh you left out network. Network. But not bad. Not bad. I was gonna ask you to put you on the spot like we put Cody Jacobs on the spot with Semyon Duragan. Hey, seven. he nailed it, dude. I
1: no, I, I fucked it up right there. Yeah. All right. Well what do we say, dude? We got more. I don't about- know, you got anything else to, to throw out there on the trade deadline? I think I think we pretty much covered everything with Tyler that I wanted to hit. yeah, um, I didn't The only thing I wanted to ask about Buffalo, but it's like what the what was Buffalo doing? I don't know man. I
2: mean, listen, I know that Wayne Simmons uh, ultimately waived his no trade clause to go to Buffalo, Yeah, raised the banner. But I just I, <laughs> I just wonder what that conversation was like when they came to him and said, "Listen, we got a deal in place for you and we'd like you to waive your no move." And he's probably like, "Oh, cool. Like great. Where like is where, that where, him being a where good sport? Where is it? Toronto? Vegas? <laughs> like Edmonton? Where where am I headed?" Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, uh oh. okay, well, was I, that- I, I guess I'll a, still wave. Was he
1: just being a good sport? Like i ah, don't know. fine. Yeah, sure. So well, you can get something for me. If
2: there's only if there's a place in the world that's worse than Buffalo, it might be New Jersey. So so,
1: so in terms of our like trade deadline biggest losers is is it Wayne Simmons? He might
2: be one of them. <laughs> but one of my buddies in the shout out to to Thomas Humphrey's uh in one of my chat groups, he he hit it on the head though. He's like, "Listen, Closer to the playoffs is closer to the playoffs, isn't it? It's
1: true. And I wonder if he did take that into consideration. Well, with
2: Florida and Toronto not doing so well, again, that's what Thomas pointed out. He's like, man, Leafs and Panthers, they're not really doing a whole heck of a lot lately. And Buffalo, like... They've I been know rolling they, a little bit. They're not out of it, I guess, but they're yeah. a little—they're a hell of a lot more in it than New Jersey.
1: Well, and given the fact, like you said, that uh, Florida and Toronto have been sputtering as of late, it, it almost puts it wide open if Buffalo wants to continue on. Uh, personally... My biggest loser of the trade deadline is Joe Thornton. Yeah, he, he said he wanted to he move. He actually wanted to move, which is interesting because over the years, there's been rumblings out there that he might get moved at, at every deadline for the past few years, and it's like, nope, Joe Thornton loves San Jose, no appetite to move, but apparently ha- had it was rumored that they were shopping around and that he was open to moving. And that he actually came out and said today, like, I, I, you know, I get older and I think about, you know, I I just want another crack at it. So I had a little bit of a, I shed a minor tear there for for Joe there thinking, you know, maybe he would have had another chance and and somebody would have taken a flyer on him for the stretch run.
2: Why didn't he come with Marlowe? When we got Marlowe, it was widely reported that we nearly had
1: or the both thornton. of them yeah and now there was actually rumors out there that apparently the boston bruins were the front where began for uh joe thornton which i'm i'm okay with them not going there yeah
2: yeah, fuck yeah, yeah same here fuck boston yeah. that's right yeah. all right my friend well quarter to seven Leafs yeah you got soon. a lot of
1: big night of editing ahead of you so we might as well wrap this fucker up yeah
2: you're right all right so we'll wrap it up episode 57 is a wrap here on the Pucks in Deep podcast. And uh, once again, you know if you've listened all the way through and had a great time uh, listening to Tyler Matteras joining us once again. Thanks to Tyler. Make sure you shoot us a note. You can find us on Twitter at PuckPod, at Coleman42, at let Go Adam. And now on our newly minted email address, which is RealPuckPod.com. At gmail.com. So drop us a note and uh, to some of our loyal listeners that have been hitting me up asking me about merch and how they can get their hands on it. Like we talked about off the top of the broadcast, uh, the show here, we're going to have uh, some infrastructure in place. That's Lesko's favorite word, infrastructure, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's
2: what Pembroke City Council needs. Yeah. A little bit of the infra- infrastructure.
1: I would have brought all kinds of infrastructure. You brought I would have brought it. It. brought
2: it. Wheelbarrows full of truculence
1: yeah. and. <laughs>
2: Tangibles Tangibles
1: my friends Tangible assets Graphs and statistics
2: Alright well once again Thanks for joining us Here on the Pucks in podcast Josh Coleman Adam Lesko Signing off for another week
1: Leafs play Tampa Starts in 15 minutes Lesko What's your prediction Huge fucking game I predict that both teams Come out and play hockey so that's more than we normally have gotten in the last week from the Maple Leafs. Like, let's get the Tampa Leafs matchup we want. A good fucking Hawk. True, true. I'm not expecting a win. I just don't want to question my goddamn existence after the, tonight's game.
2: All right. Well, we'll leave you with that, fans. Till next week, get those pucks in deep and go, Leafs. Go.